Blog Talk Radio. Here we go. This is all about all about wine. Dedicated to the wine industry since 2009, featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert. Wrong. Basically, what we're trying to do on this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around the world. You know, we really have had some, some neat people on the program. I, I just, I love that. Post your questions and comments during the live show on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash all about wine BCR. Again, that's <laughs> www.facebook.com forward slash all about wine and now all about wine is here's wrong you know right it just now started the video on the stream and God, that's what two minutes and that's uh, yeah, two minutes. Half a minute yeah, unbelievable. Oh wait, what am I on here? Okay, video's off. Oh yeah, it's on. Okay, yeah, I I don't get it. It's um, that far delayed. I'm sitting there watching the, the two video what? things going. One's going out, and then all of a sudden I'm looking at the stream coming back, and I go, they haven't even seen the video yet. So. It, oh. Is is there a setting you can do the for a delay for some reason? Um, I don't know. I've been messing with the settings because at one time it was you know five minutes later, um, right? Delayed, yeah. and uh, I've been messing with those. Everything looks like it's it's going out when it's supposed to. Um, if you set it too high or too quick, it gives you a warning, and you know it's it's you know it's not right for Facebook or it's not right for for one of the other <laughs> ones. And if you put it too low, then it says, oh, your video is going to be, uh, you know, not as clear and all that. So I'm like, okay, give me, give me a I can't win on this. But uh, all right. So uh, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> so we're on. Oh, and, uh, there's, there's a delay. Yeah. Um, one of these days, uh, somebody's going to message us through Facebook and we'll be talking about something else. And we'll say, this message just came in. And it's going to be like, wait a minute, we talking, you know. Yeah. The Ron, do you remember already. five minutes ago? When yeah, we talked about and, this five minutes ago. Oh, oh yeah. Mean, you know, that question we answered that about yeah. four minutes ago. You know, yeah, that's yeah. going to happen on yeah. that. But, uh, we had remember a guest it. tonight. We did. We don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, we uh, Eric from. Well, let's see, Eric from where? I don't know. Let me see. Oh, I think. Uh, Show. Here. Uh, um, Eric from Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits, uh-huh. uh, which is a big company, and Eric is the uh, SP, SVP, something sales mm-hmm. vice president, director mm-hmm. of wine education. That's something good. There's Master Sommelier, Master of Wine. And was going to be a guest on our show, but he had uh, something come up, and he couldn't be on tonight. So I invite him to come back in April, second, third weeks in April. We have a guest the first week in April, and he just let us know that, well, actually, 
I shouldn't say he let us know, Sophia, who is a communications um, rep for uh, Southern Glaciers Wine and Spirits, let me know that Eric was not available until the end of April. And we have a guest at the end of April as of right now, not confirmed, but it looks like we do. So we got a couple middle weeks in April, and it looks like we're going to have our old friend Cap Kaplowitz back with us. Um, yeah, one of those two weeks there. Uh, he's a crowd favorite. You can see a little spattering of crowds. Some of those people might might be new, so they don't remember. But Cap wrote another book, and it, this one is called Tales of Henry Swallow. And just it's a fun book. It really is. I'm not finished reading it, and so therefore I we could have had him on tonight. But I want to be sure that I have read the whole book because I want to talk intelligently to him about the whole book, and I'm still got a, some pages in the back. So we will have him on probably in a couple of weeks and uh, talk about his book and see how he's doing. And, talk about his cigar book again probably too because he still has that available and we'll uh, see what's going on in his life right now so uh, those dates coming up in April so stay tuned stay tuned in to All About Wine how about that for a promo uh, we've got some exciting guests coming up over the next four weeks it looks like and uh, we'll see what we can do um, you were going to say something and I interrupted you, I believe. No, I, I just, I have his, uh, I have his other uh, book here, the how to enjoy a cigar. Uh, oh. I received it somewhere. I think it was somewhere around the, um, was, was it around hurricane Ian? I think or right before it or I something. I think so. Right or around that after. time. Yeah. You, right around yeah. that time. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> just, just, uh, it's a fun read. I mean, uh, it's you know, if you're not into cigars or you're kind of curious about it, it's a great book to read, and it's a it's very enjoyable. And he's and he's really, um, it, it's it's really good. Um, it, 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 he has some you know funny sayings in there, um, and you know just the about the author. I just I hadn't even looked at that one. I was I was at the end, and I hadn't hadn't noticed the last page, the very last page. It says about the author. And he says he's an avid indoorsman. You know, most people say, "Oh, I'm an avid, you know, outdoors, you know, camp, all that stuff." Yeah, and he talks about yeah. he's an avid indoorsman. <laughs> and they introduce that, that line as an avid, an avid indoorsman. Cap lives in the Pacific Northwest. You know, it's like what? <laughs> so, um, but uh, yeah, you learn quite a bit. And even if you're like a, a beginning cigar smoker, you already have. Uh, it has a lot of good uh, information in there. Like I didn't know they were called sticks. Uh, that's a good, uh, you know, little bit of information. So you can sound a little more like, um, you know, one of the guys, I guess, or girls, uh, women. Or but uh, referred to a cigar as a stick. It's a stick. So yeah, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. So there's a lot of good information in it. How to enjoy a cigar by Kaplowitz Media, and you can go to Kaplowitz. Dot X Y Z and uh, check out his blog and everything. Sorry we couldn't uh, range for tonight, but uh, Ron is um, finishing his book and then we'll have him on. So um, yeah, it, it'll be a be a good good show. It's always it'll fun be, to have him on there. So. Always fun to have him on. And mm -hmm. yeah. we had 
what this will be what the fourth time we've had him on, I think. Uh, the fourth? Yeah. Well, I think so. We had him on. We had him on way back. He was the first. Yep. <clears throat> excuse me. He first came on with us way back, uh, talking about wine and cigars, and then we had him on with uh, with Phil and Craig and Mike talking about cigars. That was our cigar show. And <clears throat> then he came back again talking about his How to Smoke a Cigar book. And so then this will be this will, this will be number four. Yeah. No, we getting one. No. Hmm. Yeah. Speaking yeah, cool. speaking of, you know, we were talking about his cigar book there too. Uh uh un- Listen to another good episode of when uh, uh, my cigar friends were on. They uh, all came on the show, oh, yeah. what, six months ago now? Oh, my gosh, I, I think so. Um, hmm. But they all came on the show, and, and we talked about cigars and uh, different things about cigars then, too. It was a special cigar show on All About Wine, but uh, it was an interesting show, too. Uh, you can always dip in and listen to that and then all four of the guys that were on the show have blogs and different things about cigars that you can listen to um, Phil and Cap join up for a, what they call the 1st and 15th and every 1st and 15th of the month they put out a, a I don't want to say show I don't want to say it. it's uh, an hilarious conversation between the two of them about a lot of nothing, and it's really fun. So you can check that out also, the 1st and 15th. And then Phil has his show, Phil Switch, which is great because he has a, just these uh, humorous information and humorous talk, and he's fun. He's And he's funny, and uh, that's on there. And then Mike... Uh, always interview cigars. Uh, he's hooked up to Camp's site, and he's interviewing different cigars. And Craig also every Sunday puts out uh, his blog, Cigar Craig, and he's got a blog that comes out. And all of them very very knowledgeable about cigars and the people involved in the business and what's going on and all that. So uh, you can check all their sites out or you know you listen to a past episode and find out some information there about cigars or get Cap's book which is uh, yeah. a nice read that is not available on Amazon or on audiobooks or anything else only, only directly from the publisher directly yep. from the publisher that's it that's the only way you can get either yeah. one of his books actually so um, yeah They've got so, some good stories in there and some side stories, and uh, it's it's really enjoyable. And it's an easy read. It's not like uh, you're going to be, you know, stra- uh, distraught about, you know, major terms and things like, oh, my gosh, I don't even know what to, No, he, it, it, it's very easy to uh, to go through and, and to, to get the material out of it. So um, the show we had with the, the Cigar Show special, you were close, very close, July 28th of uh, oh. 2022 last year, July 28th. And oh, I only word. showed two, I only showed two shows with uh cap that one and the one from September 22nd last year. 
And uh, I don't know, maybe I, it was before I named him, or uh, oh, that might be, I might be on no, the cap. No, it was, I'm, I'm sure he, we did a show yep. January with him. 14th, yeah, January 14th, 2021. So, yeah, there you, you go. got it. Uh, this, the next uh, next one we have him on, it'll be, oh, he just messaged us on Facebook. Hey, waving to you. Uh, it was January 14th, 2021. We had, uh, I just I was just searching for a cigar, but uh it was just a cap with Kaplowitz Media. So uh, yeah, because we talked about uh, cigars and wine and all that stuff on that show. And yeah, yeah, very good. So he left uh, us definitely one of your, your favorite sound sound bites. Uh, yes, from, <laughs> yes, from him. <laughs> it is fantastic. Um, but yeah, definitely check it out. Check it out. Uh, you know, uh, uh, check him out on social media as well. I'm, I'm, uh, I haven't been to a site for a little bit. Sorry, sorry, Cap. But uh, uh, check it out. Kaplowitz dot x y z k a p l o w i t z dot x y z, and uh, uh, definitely a. a uh, plenty to do there and uh, check out his, his books direct from the author publisher, um, Kaplowitz media. So yeah, very cool. There you go. Um, yep. And Kaplowitz. celebrated silently, just Mike and I, uh, in our <laughs> own special way, our anniversary yeah. on, <laughs> on all about wine, uh, from 2019 <laughs> to now, uh, what did we say? What date was it? The, 2019? The, no. No. 2009. 2009 yeah. to now. 2019. Yeah. Gee, thanks. Oh. That was, we're uh, still new at this. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's... We have it's the longest been, running show on wine out there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which is, which is good. Yeah. This is good. And um, I think we're about the only one that's live. Everybody else records their show and then pretties it up yeah, and is, puts it on. Yeah. Not us. Yeah. You get the full Monty with us. Yeah. We that's right. Get out there. If the no internet, reason. if Ron's internet goes out, there is a long period of silence until a it long comes back. Long period of silence. <laughs> yeah. There we are. And if, if I'll be talking, and all of a sudden Mike will disappear because he gets disconnected, and I'll say, "Okay, Mike, what do you think of that?" And then silence, yeah, and I'll go, nothing. "Oh, yeah. Mike's gone." Okay, all <laughs> <So. laughs> disconnected. Yeah, yep. he just got um, disconnected. But that's uh, so that but we're one, 14, one to few. Fourteen. Yeah. I think so. Two thousand nine to. Yeah. Okay. Fourteen years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, um, our going. first show was in March. Actually, our first was our first show in March with Blog Talk Radio, or was it? No, it was with March. Others? Yeah. No, yeah. we uh, we did a. We were on. I was on at the time. I was on a couple of other uh, networks, I guess, a host yeah. and uh, doing oddball shows. And I think we came on, got you on after a wine fest, I think. And did yeah, a, a little you, you were impromptu type show, and then after that, it was like, hey, maybe we can do this as a you know weekly thing. And you were like, yeah, I think we could. And then it was on Blog Talk Radio, so okay. we kind of yeah. we had to go professional at that point. Yeah, um, yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, we did go professional too. We got hats and T-shirts, and <laughs> no, we didn't. <laughs> wow, I wasn't on that list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know we didn't do that. We didn't. 
I yeah. I had yeah. business cards made up so I can hand them out to people, but that was it. You know, Absolutely. you know, yeah. all yeah. about wine here. Take a right. business card. That's right. That's yeah. right. Uh, yeah. yeah, very good. But anyway, fun right. But next year be fifteen, uh, fifteen years. So we're gonna we're gonna yeah. uh, you know play a few sound bites, I guess, if Mike can get that together for us and and. Yeah. Uh, I still we'll, have the. Uh, uh, Last year was it? Last year we did the big intro and all that. I still have that. Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah, I still have those files. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna but, replay that at some point. Forgot. Yeah. I'll, well, while you're doing that, I'll go through the archives and you know check how many guests we've had on and from yeah. where and stuff like that. And also, and those listeners over three hundred. Yeah. Over three hundred has there been now. And listeners uh, from around, around the world. Yep. I mean, literally around the world. And yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, we yeah. thank you, but it, it's we do. I, it's world. fantastic. I'm always excited. And uh, so we'll we'll really, you know, for 15th anniversary, I, I that's we'll let you know a whole bunch of stats. We'll talk about what we've been do- doing and. Yeah. How excited we are and how happy we are that we have so many listeners out there that keep tuning in because that is really the fun part of the whole thing, you know, seeing our numbers and all the people that are listening to it and, and yeah. people getting in touch with us. We've had uh, 300, over 301,000, so like three three hundred one four hundred and sixty-two. so 301,462. Um the bulk of that, of course, the United States. We've had uh, then comes Canada, Israel, Spain, and then uh, the United Kingdom comes in uh, last um, as far as the top top listeners. Top five. Yeah. So three, four, five. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, there's it. I love this map because it tells you exactly, you know, yeah, Australia, South Africa, uh, Nigeria. Yes. I didn't know some of these places where they were. I can click on all this stuff. Oh, look at that. Anyway, <laughs> so. Yeah, I know. It's, it's a fun map. that Block Talk Radio keeps track of where our listeners are. And the thing is, too, we that's just Block Talk Radio. We have been yes. on other venues uh, right now, for example. We're on uh, Facebook and YouTube and uh, yep. uh, a couple of others. Uh, and Next Cloud we, Live. Uh, yeah, and uh, we, uh, oh, I discovered uh, iTunes. Not iTunes. Uh, iTunes has the archives, and then uh, TuneIn. We're also on TuneIn, and TuneIn. And, yeah, hmm. it's another. Uh, there's a lot of like radio stations, podcasts. Uh, um, it's they kind of made it difficult to get on there, and that's why I was, you know, oh, I'm just going to search, and I did a search, and I go, wow, they have our latest episodes plus everything else on there, which was a wow. shock. Um, Yes, I think once you're grandfathered in, they just they know they let you go. But they stopped taking like new, new stations and new new uh, podcasts and things like that. So it's uh, but you got to say, interesting. Oh, right. Well, and since Get day one, I think. <laughs> oh, oh wow, that's that is nice. Thank you. Um, so yeah, just is this uh, what's this about? I forgot. It's, what's the show? <laughs> <laughs> All about wine and. Oh, patting ourselves on the back on All About Wine. Um, oh, um, yeah. so <clears throat> nineteen 
19 minutes into the show. All right. I think that's it. That's all I have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. We should have had Cap on. He could have kept us going. Uh, <laughs> no, we'll get him on and uh, yeah. and talk with him uh, about stuff. So I mm-hmm. am. I was going through my personal archive list of wine shows and wine things here, and I came across a whole list of wine folly stuff. Wine folly is really good. If you don't subscribe to it, you really should. Uh, Wine folly, W-I-N-E-F-O-L-L-Y, winefolly.com. And it has a bunch of information on there continuously. Uh, they're always throwing out new stuff, always throwing out new information. Uh, their mailing address is in Seattle, Washington, but they will send you an e-letter or a uh, something in your inbox, your mailbox, uh, a couple of times, uh, well, about four or five times a week. I'm always getting stuff in, and it's good. It's knowledgeable stuff and uh madeline i can't think of her last name right now madeline is the one that uh does it she's very good and they also offer books and courses and just a, a variety of stuff all related to wine which gives you an opportunity to check your palate and all that so I I was looking at some of the stories. Well, like here, here's here's a course, French Wine 201, uh, described as one to improve your knowledge of French wine, but also learn the secrets to finding great value wines in France. Uh, take a deep dive into France and become a French wine expert. And it's an online course that they offer uh, among many, many online courses uh, that they have for different regions and different areas, and just uh, a uh, a great resource for information. And I saw, I was looking through, like I said, I was looking through this, and I saw this, and it's uh, a lot of stuff that I hit on once in a while through uh course of the shows I've done, but... Uh, I think I'm going to just give you, yeah, I'll just give you some bits and pieces for a while here on this stuff and uh, tell you. So, Madeline, if you're listening, which I don't know if she listens to my show or not, I've never had her on. I really should get her on the show. Uh, She's been on other shows, the different guests that we've had that have interviewed her. I really should get her on the show. I should tried to do that after 14 years you would think that we're established enough she would come on the show but now okay one of the oldest wine grape varieties in the world Pinot Noir is also the most popular known for its delicate fragrant light-bodied wines also produces some of the world's most expensive wines and it says uh the Pinot Noir is world's most popular light bodies, love for its red fruit, flower, and spice aromas that are accentuated by a long, smooth finish. And she compares the primary flavors to cherry, raspberry, mushroom, clove, or hibiscus. 
whenever you're looking for flavors in a wine, don't beat yourself up if you don't pick up, say, the mushroom or the the, the clove or something. Uh, it's not that when you when I smell a wine, I'm looking for different things, and I know how to find the different uh, primary smell profiles. If you don't yet, then that's okay. Same thing with the taste. There's different things that you can uh, pick up on the taste, uh, like uh, you know the clove taste or hibiscus. Not a whole lot of people will eat a hibiscus to be able to say, okay, this tastes like a hibiscus. But it's just a sense of smell, and when you get that, you smell a flower, you get that taste because it's all tied in together there, and that will give you that hibiscus taste. So it's not anything that you need to, and, and I emphasize this to so many people, don't be concerned if you don't pick it up. It's as you taste wines and as you start doing it, you will pick it up. You will start finding that you're doing it. It's, it's funny, the same thing happens with, you know, we talk about cap and cigars, the same thing happens in that too. You start picking up different flavors and different, uh, flavor profiles that in the cigars that you don't really expect to or that it surprises you that it's there, but they are there. And same thing with wine. It's it's there, although it's subtle. It's not going to come right out and slap you in the face saying, this is raspberry or this is cherry. Sometimes it does. Don't get me wrong. I mean, not all of them are subtle. Sometimes the flavors just surprise you. You stick the glass up to your nose and, and just like, oh my gosh, that is in whatever it happens to be. So, Pinot Noir. Dry, usually. Medium bodied, usually. Tannins are most of the time low, uh, although they can be very high. Medium to high acidity, and the alcohol is usually between 11.5 and 13.5 uh, alcohol by volume. Uh, you should serve a Pinot Noir at 55 to 60 degrees in the glasses like a, a Cabernet glass with the, a flute with the top closed in a little bit. Uh, she suggests you decant it for 30 minutes. I'm not a big decant person, uh, but I like uh, the boldness of a wine that you if you don't decant it. And she said that Pinot Noirs could sell her anywhere from 10 years over if you get the right one. So it um, doesn't mean that all of them need to be put away immediately. And uh, it's a, more of a lighter profile as opposed to uh, typical reds that can have a lot of tannins. Uh, she said this is lighter. And a few fun facts about the Pinot Noir. Uh, Pinot Noir likely originated in Burgundy, uh, in the France region. August 18th is Pinot Noir Day. Well, let me look this up on my little calendar here. And if I don't have August 13th marked as Pinot Noir Day, then I will have to do it because, okay, that's only April, May, June, July, August. August the 18th is Pinot Noir Day. You know, I didn't have that here. August 18th, Pinot Noir Day. 
And there we go. Speaking of being wanted, y'all hug a Vietnam vet yesterday. Yesterday was Vietnam Veterans Day, so uh, I hope you did, for the vet's sake. Welcome them home. Uh, Pinot Noir enjoys the same climate as Chardonnay. Uh, usually you'll find them planted real close by. Blanc de Nord Champagne uses Pinot Noir as its base grape and Pinot Noir. Uh, uh, Pinot Noir is one of the few red grapes that commonly make into red, rosé, white, and sparkling wines. And the DNA analysis has revealed that the Pinot Noir, Pinot Gris, and Pinot Blanc are simply mutations of the same grape. So the everybody says, oh, I love a Pinot Gris. Well, yeah, but that's just a mutation of the Pinot Noir. Uh, France is the biggest grower of the Pinot Noir, U.S. coming second, Germany third, Moldova fourth, Italy, then New Zealand, then Argent, uh, then Australia, Switzerland, Chile, and then others. And let's see. Now she talks about the different regions, French Pinot Noir and California Pinot Noir. And... Uh, Madeline Puckett, there you go. I knew I knew her last name. Madeline Puckett, uh, award-winning author and wine communicator of the year. She co-founded Wine Folly. So, uh, Pinot Noir, that's, that's Pinot Noir. And let's go back and see what else we have that we can look at in, uh, uh, Wine folly here. Uh, let's see. Let's wine pro enjoy the club. Jeez, oh, that's a problem. She does a lot of advertising on wine folly. Um, but she also does some good stuff on red wine boldness chart. Here's something that's interesting. Uh, Gamay, lighter Pinot Noir, she has down to light-bodied red wine in uh, medium-bodied red wines, Cabernet Franc, Carignan, Carmenere, uh, Sangiovese, Barbera Merlot, uh, Volpicello, uh, Grenache, Grenache, Zimadol is right next to Tempranillo, which is more full-bodied red, uh, Nibello, Malbec, Cabernet Sauvignon, Syrah, Pinotage, Verde, Petite Syrah, and Tannant as one of the warm, uh, warmest, as one of the boldest ones on the list of red wines. And uh, there you go. A, you don't spend a lot of money to enjoy rich red wines, but you do need to pay attention to a few details. And here are the details. Elevated alcohol. Alcohol adds intensity to the flavor. Although too much alcohol, and we refer to it, and this is something I'm telling you here, is something that we refer to as a hot wine. You may hear people take a sip, oh, this is hot, which is simply meaning that the alcohol is high and it tends to start overpowering all other flavors and taste. 
you don't want it too high. <clears throat> Excuse me. When you when you find a red wine, <clears throat> excuse me. When you find a red wine, you don't want it too high unless you get into the bolder wines. Uh, when you start getting at or above fourteen percent alcohol by volume, that that's starting to get up there. And a lot of wineries in California now, and I don't know, I don't, I'm still seeing the trend, not as much as I saw it five years ago, but. A lot of wineries in California now are making their wines really bold and high alcohol. Don't know why. It's just something. And it surprises me that they do that. And the reason that surprises me is because once you hit 17% alcohol, you're taxed at a higher rate. And so a lot of wineries try to keep their wines down to 16 even 16.5%. Uh, or right below that 17% alcohol by volume mark because once it hits that, that's where your ports and your sherries and all that are up around that. And the federal government taxes you at a higher rate for those amounts. So, uh, you know, when they start coming out with these bold red wines that are 17 18% alcohol, it's costing them more to on the taxes on these, which in turn was they're not going to absorb that. It's going to cost you more. So watch your high alcohol. And as you're getting a wine that's over 17%, consider that you might be paying a little bit more for that thing because it's a higher alcohol to offset their costs. And maybe something next to it at 16.5% might be more of your liking and a little bit cheaper. If you're, you know, if you're conscious about the money, obviously. Hot climate. Okay, it's possible to make rich red wines in cool climates, but the boldest wines come from hot places. And that's always something to keep in mind, too. Is the, the hotter the climate, the bolder the red tends to be. And that's usually just a basic rule of thumb. Obviously, there are exceptions to everything we tell you, but that is just a basic rule of thumb. Find a, a warmer climate area, and it tends to make for a bolder red wine. Well, I was going to admit, excuse me, I was going to make something about climate change, but that's, you know, that's, a whole story in itself. And turn up the blends, okay? This is a good way to do it, too. Cabernet Sauvignon is bold. But if you add some Syrah or a Melbeck, that really bumps it up. So look for blends. Look for basic blends of cabs and and uh, petite Syrahs and, uh, you know, petite Verdot and, and Mabirde. Syrah, things like that, it's going to give it a little bit more boldness. It's going to be a nice blend, and that can give you a nice uh, overall well, bolder wine, uh, heavier wine. Uh, and look for the values. In fact, she has a list of regions and varieties that would be uh, good for bold red wines, uh, align your expectations, microclimates. 
average growing seasons. Um, you now a cooler one. Uh, reasoning, you know, that's white, white. There's reds. It's hard to read the chart here. Um, tannin, very bold. High tannins from the southwest of France. Uh, and Uruguay, if you can find a Uruguayan tannate, T-A-N-N-A-T, then, uh, you know, pick that up. Zindendome, uh a nice one. You're, you're, I'm, everybody seems to be familiar with the Zinfandone. Uh Usually it's over 14% ABV alcohol by volume. It's, uh, don't get it too high, though. I don't think I'd go too much. I think I'd try to stay around 15 16% because then you're going to get that alcohol that's going to start overpowering your flavors. And I, I, every time I see high alcohol, I, it reminds me of a young lady that came into the winery. And my wines were not high alcohol I, by any means. I didn't, I wasn't one to bump that alcohol up very high. The highest one I had was a red wine that I got from Chile. It was uh, uh, Cabernet Sauvignon that we had gotten from Chile along with the Carmenere and and some others, and it was setting at 15% alcohol by volume ABV. And I had a young lady come into the winery, and she was going through a tasting, and we started to get to these higher alcohol wines. And any of them that we had, uh, we had uh, at the time, I think, four or five of them that were over 15 and she'd take a sip of it and go, ooh, that's bitter. i go, no, that's not bitter. That's alcohol you're tasting. And then she'd taste the next one. And I thought, ooh, that's bitter. Uh, no, that's not bitter. That's alcohol you're tasting. And uh, every time I think of higher alcohol, I think of that young lady who just went crazy calling all these higher alcohol wine bitter. And always stuck with me in the fact that that could be what people interpret when they start tasting these high-alcohol wines, be it red or white, and the whites can be up there too. You can find some high-alcohol Chardonnays. But it might interpret into your taste buds as a bitter wine because of the alcohol. And so if you start getting something which you might identify as bitter, then check the alcohol. It might be because the alcohol is up there a little bit and your taste buds are just interpreting it as a bitter wine, whereas actually it's not. It's just alcohol. But get yourself a lower alcohol one if you find that that is what you're tasting, and that should solve your bitter problem. But thanks to that girl that screamed, I mean, she was not subtle in her explanation of each one either. I guarantee you, everyone in the bar heard it. Everyone up there, oh, that's bitter. You know, she just barely touched the thing to her lips and shout out how bitter it was. And so, <coughs> excuse me. Grenache, our Grenache blends, another good wine. Bobble, B-O-B-A-L. She writes that this grape is super popular in Spain, but almost unknown. It's about everywhere else. Uh, it's described as a juicy blackberry 
notes with this shorter friendly finish bobble i i've never never had a bobble b o b a i uh, i guess it's pronounced bobble or bubble no it has to be a short old bobble uh, and then you can always look at wines from lesser known regions which is always good uh Spain, Portugal, Australia, Argentina, great Malbecs, but they also have great comp, uh, blends of uh, Cabernet Malbecs. And South Africa has wonderful red wines coming out of there. And different areas in Napa, too, out of California. You look in Lodi, Sierra Foothills, Paso Robles. Oh, speaking of Sierra Foothills, that reminds me. I called uh, for, um, the California wine grower. I asked about the grapes, and they said they haven't had any reports of any damage as of yet. And I said, isn't bud break getting pretty close here? And they said, we haven't had any damage as of yet. So all the snows and everything they've had in the Sierra foothills and all around and all that, Nothing has been reported yet that has any damage, and nothing's been reported about the flooding, any damage. But I suggest I call in a couple of weeks because we should start getting some bud breaks, and if not already, time for it, and should start getting some flowering or some uh, uh, growth and green and stuff. And with the snows and the rains and another atmospheric river, uh, <laughs> I was talking to a group of guys last night, and the comment was made, atmospheric river, isn't that something new? And we all agree that it's something the Weather Channel made up just to make people excited about the weather again. So, But another atmospheric river coming through, uh, they said it should hit well, about now. So I don't know what the weather is really doing it, because whoever I talked to was not really that informative. They said they've had no reports now of any anything being damaged. So I will call them in a couple of weeks and find out for sure what is going on with all the flooding and everything in California. And in southern France is another area that you should look at. Uh, so when you're looking at red wines, of any type, then keep those areas open. And remember, don't get too high of an alcohol, but the higher the alcohol, the more bold the wine tends to be. And let's see what this says here. Oh, this is how red wine is made. Talk about Cabernet Sauvignon. I went through all these grapes in different shows before, so uh, I'm not going to go through all the wine again because I have been through them. But here is 12 facts about the Cabernet Sauvignon that might surprise you as listed in uh, Wine Falling. Oh, here we go again. This is another. Thursday before Labor Day is Cabernet Day. And so let me do that. Labor Day is the beginning of the year, isn't it? Labor Day is uh, Memorial Day is in May and Labor Day is in September, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, 
on. Oops, skipped one. Labor Day, yeah. So the Thursday before Labor Day is Cabernet Day. So since it falls on the 4th this year, it would be August the 31st is Cabernet Day. I guess that's Cabernet Sauvignon. Or is it all cabs? Well, I'll put Cab Salt Day. So that's the uh, Thursday before Labor Day. I wonder if that's a standard a standard date for Cab Day, or if that varies uh, the Thursday before Labor Day. Okay. Uh, Cabernet Franc and Sauvignon Blanc. That is your daddy, uh, or daddy and mommy of Cabernet Sauvignon. Uh, They think maybe it was a cross in the wild, but that's how we get Cabernet Sauvignon. Uh, Cabernet Franc and Sauvignon Blanc. Cabernet Sauvignon Franc Blanc. Uh, yes, a red and a white wine. And Cabernet Sauvignon is the most planted wine grape in the world. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, I don't know if that's... Well, it says wine grape, but I heard that tannin or something else is planted more. Hmm. That's an interesting point there. I don't think it is. Pla- flavors, black pepper, bell pepper, green peppercorn. And Cabernet Sauvignon. Again, when you find those, just you know, don't don't go crazy. Don't there's something wrong because you can't really taste them. Interesting little tree here shows Cabernet Franc as the top of the tree, and then it shows uh, what was that? Oral Oros Gros. Cabernet from the Cabernet Franc blended our Oral's Cabernet and Cabernet Franc gross I can't I can't read what that says there G R O S I guess gross Cabernet and Cabernet Franc has been bred for Carmenier Cabernet Franc and Sauvignon Blanc Cabernet Sauvignon and Cabernet Franc and an unknown grape gives you Honderiba Beltza. I don't know. Don't ask me. And Cabernet Franc and Magdalene Nordi Charentes. Again, a grape I'm not familiar with. Gives you Merlot. So these are the the parentage of... Yes, it's Cabernet Sauvignon is a half sibling of Merlot. Uh, Honderibi Beltza from the Basque country and Carmenier are also half siblings. Hmm. So, the Basque you might. Is uh, also if you've never had Carmenere or Honderibi Belt 
Belza. And it says the red uh, Tescali wines of Basque country. You might find them that they're based on similarities to the Cabernet Sauvignon. And it shows Cabernet Sauvignon and similar ones to Cabernet Sauvignon. Cabernet Franc, which I'm a big fan. Sangiovese. Syrah. Or Petite Syrah. If you like an Australian Petite Syrah, it is a Syrah. That's just Australia. I'm sorry. cross it out. Petite Syrah is a different grape. Syrah and Australian Syrahs is the same grape. They just, Australia adds a Z to it, but it's the same grape. Um, I think the DNA has been done on it, and, and it is the same grape. So uh, don't be confused on that. Also, Cabernet Merlot, similar taste factors. Cabernet Malbec, Cabernet Carmenier, I like the little pepperiness of Carmenier, and Petit Verdot is all same, basically same taste profile as Cabernet Sauvignon. Um, price of Cabernet is going to be a lot more than what you're going to find in a lot of those others, though, too. And Cabernet is planted a lot in Napa. That's one of the biggest planted grapes in Napa. And let's see, what's some other stuff here? It is one of the most important varieties in China. That's interesting. The Chinese have a penchant for red wines. It was recently reported that China is the largest consumer of red wine on earth. Cabernet Sauvignon is one of the most popular grapes in China, and the chateaus go to painstaking efforts to produce wine. At Chateau Hansen, on the western side of the Gobi Desert, vineyards are buried. <clears throat> excuse me, vineyards are buried by hand to survive the icy winters. Uh, steak and Cabernet. There you go. There's your combination you're looking at too. A juicy steak or ribs and Cabernet. That's always the a classic. But you can always find some others. I, I like. I like a barbarian and steak. I like oh, a lot of red wines I like with steaks. Depends on the steaks that you are having. Okay. Uh, well, we got a quiz here. Uh, no, I'm not going to read all those possibilities. Okay. Let's look at another one here. Gewürztraminer. Uh, Great wine. I talked about it off and on. Let's hit on it again a little bit here. Uh, Gewürztraminer, uh, if you don't know what it is, basically it's from Germany. It's sweet, but not really. Uh, it's mostly dry. It's got a great spiciness to it, which I really like in Gewürztraminer. Uh she compares flavors to rose, apricot, Turkish delight, lychee, ginger. Um, it's just a, a, a great wine, a Gewürztraminer. If you see it in the store, give it a try. I mean, if you haven't, you are really missing on something. G-E-W-U, with that two little dots above it. It's German, by the way. Z 
G-E-R-T-R-A-M-I-N-E-R, Gewurz Traminer, that's how it's pronounced. And uh, it's it's really uh, a great wine. Sweet wines, if you're looking for some, some sweet wines, um, Moscato di Asti, uh, Toque Asu, these are really sweet. You're going to spend some money for those. Salt turns, you're going to spend some money for those. Uh, reasoning, certain sweeter reasonings, you're going to spend some money for those. Ice wines, that's going to cost you some money. Uh, Rutherglen Muscat, again, these are going to be expensive. Uh, Ricardo della Vallepicello, Vintage Port, and PX Sherry. Now, these are sweet wines. If you like sweet wines, those are sweet, but they are going to cost you. And some of them are almost syrupy sweet. Some of the ice wines can almost be that way. Uh, although ice wines are fantastic, they can be a little bit heavy for some people. Uh, same thing with sherries and ports vintage ports if you're looking at it. Now, not all vintage ports are sweet, so don't be fooled by that either. Oh, this is a vintage port. I like it. It, it could tend to be a little bit drier, so it is a possibility. Salterns are definitely sweet. They're from France. They are expensive. Uh, also very expensive. But if you're looking for sweet, then you can go that way and uh, get those really dessert sweet wines. And uh, but the PX sherries from southern Spain are extremely sweet. So if you want a <laughs> sugar in a glass, that's uh, one way to get them. So, uh, you know, uh, it's... Uh, it depends on how sweet you want it and all that. The basic is their desserts. When you start getting these real sweet wines like this, they're basically desserts. You finished your meal. You might have a small glass of ice wine with a piece of cheesecake, which, by the way, is a great combo. Uh, but it's if you like sweet wines, you can go that way. Actually, you can punch in sweet wines and probably get a, a very c complex list off the Internet that way. Uh, wine and health. We've covered this topic lots of times. Wine and health. Now let's talk it one more time here, and we'll finish the show tonight. Come on, give it to me now. There you go. Okay. A glass of red wine is equivalent to an hour at the gym says a new study. That was in the Huffington Post back in April 3rd, 2015. Sadly, not true. <laughs> Wish it were that easy. Oh, I just was spent two hours at the gym today. I had myself two glasses of wine. No, it doesn't work that way. Um, <coughs> excuse me again. Why? Does one glass of wine equal an arthrogen? Not true. This headline is referring to a study conducted in 2012 where it was tested the effects of a chemical found in wine called resveratrol, which we've talked about that an awful lot. 
and found that the resveratrol in isolated compound did improve overall health performance in sedentary rodents. Yeah, okay. The dose of resveratrol needed was equivalent to 100 to 1,000 times the size of a single wine glass, or single glass of wine. 100, so 100 glasses of wine, and you will get the dosage you need to do good. Or you can take the pills. China does make resveratrol pills. I guess they're the only ones that still do it. And you can probably find them now. When they first came out with the study and talked about resveratrol and how good it was for you and all that, people went crazy buying and drinking red wines and thinking they were helping their health, but you weren't drinking enough of it. And if you did drink enough of it, well, imagine the damage to the liver. But China did come out with resveratrol pills. And those were hard to find. They flew off the shelf, and you couldn't find the resveratrol pills no matter where you looked and how you tried. But that was, well, actually, that was before COVID. So since COVID, I don't know if they continued to make them or if it was shut down, the plant shut down, or what happened. And I don't know if they were natural or if they were chemically made or what. So I don't have answers on that. The thing is, don't worry about reserve draw. It's not going to make that much of a difference in your health. Have yourself a glass of red wine and just enjoy it and let it go at that. It's not going to hurt you, and it's the way to approach it. Uh, so, uh, can wine help you burn fat? Well, again, possibly, but not really. Uh, the study found, this is a study from February 2015 by Oregon State University, and it linked a rare red wine to weight loss. Huh, okay. But it's uh, the type of wine acid called uh, allergic, E-L-L-A-G-I-C, allergic acid to all overweight mice resulted in the fat cells in the liver improved and the mice's ability to burn fat improved. But, as always, there's a but. Allergic acid is only present in one type of grape, which is the red muscadine, which only grows in the southeast U.S., primarily in the state of Georgia, and that most muscadine wine is produced in a sweet stall, which is pretty much negates the weight loss benefits. So, again, trade-offs. <laughs> Always happens, doesn't it? Does wine enhance heart health in those who exercise? If you exercise, it's going to increase heart health. Okay, let's face it. Exercise is the key to everything. You know, as they always say, you may lose weight with this pill with a proper diet and exercise. You know, Jardians can help you lose weight with a proper diet and exercise. You know, this will help you lose weight with a proper diet and exercise. You know, and that's the the 
the disclaimer they seem to throw out there with everything. Well, this can help you lose weight, but you know you have to have a proper diet and exercise when you do it. So, you know, uh, but a uh, study in 2014 conducted on 146 people in the Czech Republic found that uh, the goal of the study was to see if wine increased HDL cholesterol, or the good cholesterol, which actually reduces cardiovascular disease. And they found that in this study, neither red or white wine increases HDL. But they found that when uh, noted that subjects who drank or who worked out two or more times a week and drank red or white wine did have an increase in HDL and a decrease in LDL, which is the bad stuff. So the conclusion, yeah, maybe. you know. But then again, we're back to the exercise two or more times a week. And the <laughs> um, question is, why does non-alcoholic wine suck? And I'm not, going to, <laughs> I'm not going to discuss that because Eric, our guest who's supposed to be on tonight, is going to discuss non-alcohol and low-alcohol wines with us in a couple of weeks or in, in a month or so. So uh, I don't want to get into the benefits of or non-benefits of that. And it says, does wine have anti-cancer benefits? Maybe. More research is needed. Uh, most of this is red wines, too. When you start looking at this, most of this is red wines when they discuss all this stuff because of the good stuff in there. And again, we're looking at the red muscadine grapes. And, uh, you know, uh, this article says there are only 5,000 acres in, in the state of Georgia, the red muscadine grape. So... You know, you're hard-pressed to find what you need. Conclusion here, drink wine because we love it, not for other reasons for health or anything. Very skeptical, uh, be very skeptical of major media outlets when it comes to topics about health. Drink with moderation. And this is always a good idea. I mean, you know, if you're going to go out there and drink, don't go crazy. If you're going to go crazy, drink at home. But don't be a an ass if you're drunk. And support rigorous scientific research on wine and health, which, you know, you can always do that by, you know, you can volunteer for different studies. There's studies out there, so you can volunteer. And she also insists with subscribe to Wine Folly, and it will increase your wine knowledge. So, uh, Wine Folly. I, I highly recommend it. It's, it's always a lot. I just told you a few things here that she has on there, but she's got, always got a lot of interesting stuff in her articles. And Madeline Puckett, uh, co-founder, but she's the one that actually writes most all the stuff on it. And uh, if you get the newsletter, don't just scroll through the newsletter and there's links, read more, read more, read more, read more, because there's a lot of information on the on the read more pages too. So and that's it for tonight. We have a guest next week. Uh hmm. let me see. I'll tell you who the guest is if I can I'll find it real quickly here. Uh uh Emmeline, I think Emmeline, 
Let me see. This is April. Yeah, this is April. Uh, no, Allison. Emeline's at the end of the month. Allison is our guest next week. And so let me find Allison here. Uh, let's see. Open this up. It's just the one without. Yes. Oh, this is going to be good. Uh, she wrote to me, Hi, Ron, with California Sustainable Wine Month coming in April. I thought you might be interested in an All About Wine Sustainable Wine interview. Yes, I am very much. My idea for a guest is Allison Jordan. She is the head of the California Sustainable Wine Growing Alliance, who can break down what it is or geek it up with the trends. So this should be good. Uh, sustainable wine will be our uh, topic next week with our guests. And Allison Jordan uh, will be the guest. So that should be good. Sustainable wines. This is something that is a hot topic right now. And she is the head of the California Sustainable Wine uh, sustainable Wine Growing Alliance. So this this should be very good. Uh, seems like the name is the Wine Growing Alliance. You don't really grow wine, you grow grapes. Uh, I always question that term, wine growing. But we will talk to Allison next week. And so we're, we're done with this week's episode of All About Wine. All right. Definitely look forward to it. And... Um post more information on uh, social media when uh, when the time comes and uh, get the show scheduled. Um, it is, uh, well, depending on which clock I look at, uh, <laughs> six minutes after 8 o'clock, <laughs> uh, eight o'clock or uh, five minutes after 8 o'clock on the other monitor. Um, <laughs> big thank you to everyone for tuning in. Uh, Cap Kaplowitz, thank you for, I think, I don't know if he shared the uh, the show or uh, always love seeing that. It's always always great when they do that. Um, I think yeah, he, I think he uh, liked the links. Yeah, he li- he liked the the links. And uh, thank you very much for that. And uh, we'll talk to you soon on air for sure. Uh, looking forward to it. Um, and uh, everybody else, uh, yeah, just have a uh, have a great uh, weekend. Uh, be safe and um, have a great week. We'll talk to you next Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern time, right here on Blog Talk Radio and every place else we mentioned earlier and I forgot. (laughs) Be safe out there. Oh, one more thing. Tomorrow night, 7 to 9. Don't forget to tune in to Mike on his new... 9 p.m. Thank you. Radio... uh, Kind of a... I don't know what you call it. Uh, Venture? There you go. New Venture. venture. Yeah. Home? There you go. Yeah, okay. New home for... Yeah. All right. No. (laughs) Well, we'll go so, with that. New venture. Okay. New venture. Thank you. Um, uh, yeah. Well, uh, like that. Uh, we, yeah. Dot okay. org? Well, uh, uh, it's, uh, oh, oh, the website. It's flightlineradio.com. Flightline but, Radio. Uh, I keep, I, I go flightline, but then I forget the radio. So, yeah, flightlineradio.com. <laughs> The flight deck, though, that would be pretty good, too, because that's like that one down. Oh, um, 
All right, so we'll oh. talk to you all next next week. <laughs> and uh, thanks again. All <laughs> and, right. Uh, Thank uh, you all for have, listening. Have a good week. Be safe. See you yeah. next week. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. We'll go. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archived shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine. That's right. And we'll pause it there and go to the greenish room or the, the off-green room. Yeah.